It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. We are proud to be at the Urban Saloon here in Philadelphia, just off of Fairmont Street, as another Bud Light huddle once again brings us a lovely Thursday night as, I mean, we've already sampled wings, mac and cheese, tater tots, little hummus platter. What does the Urban Saloon not have? Well, probably a Bruce victory. I don't know. That's, that's oh, pro- probably wow. not going to find that Why here. Why are you going to do that to the Urban Saloon? But, uh, as the- far as they're concerned, the Eagles are dominating <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, do you want to know why I love the Urban Saloon so much right now? Uh, it, is it all this food that's in front of me? It is all this I've food. Enjoyed? It's the buckets of Bud Light that are here, but uh, also equally as important. Our boys from Liquid Death, they're here. They're uh-huh. in the bar. And yeah, uh, your, the face, owner. your face lit up. Oh, we're so brother. happy. You're Tim. Like, I'll take a water. Yeah. And he brings over Liquid Death, and he's about to explain to you what it is. You're Say like, no more. Bro. <laughs> Liquid Death. My God. Has taken over Shout Philadelphia. Shout out to Tim, the owner of Urban Saloon. Absolutely. So uh, once again, liquiddeath.com. They are back with us. They have the stock, obviously. They're serving out in bars. Uh, it is here as well. Uh, so thank you to those guys as uh, we are, I don't know, we're looking We're looking for a lot of answers this week. It's been a very big Carson Wentz type of week. I think that's valid. Me and E talked about that at length. Uh, I highly suggest that you go listen to that as well because I know what you're thinking. It's Elliot Shore Park. I was about to say, let me guess, Elliot is very positive and pro Wentz. I thought he was incredibly reasonable, wow, which I was I like not it. expecting. I'll take it. So, I'll take it. There's some shots in there. It's still Elliot, but there was... I thought we had a really good conversation, but I, I'm curious. We'll, we'll certainly talk about Seattle, but where where are you with Carson, the criticism, the big picture stuff as of right yeah. now? Yeah. First of all, shout out to the Urban Soon. I used to live just a few blocks away from here. Yes. Love this place. Been here many times. It's very cool to be doing a podcast. You used to hang out with here. Mike K here. Yes. Yes. Mike K. My buddy yeah. Andrew even swung by to say hi to us. He's eating dinner here. Yeah. It's an awesome uh, place. It yeah. is. All right. 
Um, so it has been a week, John. It has been a week. And what I will say is it felt for the very first time, certainly this season, that the tide started to turn yep. a little bit on Carson Wentz this week. For the first time all season, it felt like people were like, because look, Elliot has been out on an island. Joe Giglio, there are a few other people have been out on that island. And for the first time, it felt like, okay, people being like, all right, maybe maybe I'm not going to just blindly defend Carson Wentz. Right. I'm going to look at what I saw and say, hey, I needed more. There were open throws he missed and all that. So um, I think it's been interesting to see that. And I think it's good. Look, no one should be above criticism. That's what we do in Philadelphia. We don't we don't just say, oh, we love you. You're good. Like, right. you need to prove it to us. You need to continually prove it to us. That's who we are. And, and it's what makes us such a smart, tough fan base. But. I do think that we have a little bit in criticizing Wentz, and he deserves it for that last game. He was not good. He missed open throws. There were things that could have happened, but I think it's gotten to the point where the surrounding cast around him is so bad. Yeah. So bad. I mean, we're talking 2016 DGB bad. We're talking <laughs> Tarrin Small and Charles Johnson bad. Yeah. I'm not even going to say James Thrash and Todd Pinkston bad because those guys are way better. Like, I would take Tom Pinkson in a heartbeat right now. They caught so, footballs. How sad is that? Not all of them, but they how caught How sad is that? <laughs> yeah, so that's bad. level that. So I, I do think that I think it's – what I, the, the conclusion I've come to over the week, and I, on Monday I was a little more, a little more critical, and, and as I've really thought about it and listened to the talk, and there's been a ton of commentary about it, I, I, the more I come back to it, the more I, I feel like it is truly impossible to judge this guy right now because of what he has around him and because of the fact that it's like like the mental stuff and my, that's my biggest worry is the mental stuff physically i'm sorry if you don't see the physical gifts the physical abilities this guy has right. you're, you're crazy and you don't know what you're watching he is as physically talented at everything a quarterback has to do as you could ask for from anybody but um i do think that he's gotten to the point where he has so few guys on the field that he trusts so few guys who are going to make plays for him that I think that's impacting his play, impacting the way he processes things, all that type yeah. of stuff. So um, I know there's been a lot of talk about is is he not as good at reading defenses as we thought and all that type of stuff. And I just think that the way it is now, it has become such a situation. And, and obviously there are a lot of other parts to it, as we've yeah. talked about, the Foles thing, the this and that, whatever. I just think at this point he is not trusting what he's seeing he doesn't trust guys around him to make plays, and I think it's all kind of going together to create what looks like a not great quarterback yep. performance compared to what we expect. So I expect more from Carson moving forward, but I also acknowledge I acknowledge that it is fair to call out some of the misses and some of the issues. I just don't think that it's – I don't think it's as much Carson's fault as other people might. See, and in in when it comes to the Patriots last week, I think it's fair to say, like that's a a game that Carson Wentz should have won, and I, I think it's I okay do, to put most also, of the blame I, on I, him. I agree. Well, I we at, you and I already argued about this. I would yeah. put just as much on Doug. I think it's the two, and really, I mean, look, Howie too. I think all three had culpability in that loss. Ultimately, I think Howie probably deserves the most, as I'm kind of alluding to. Howie deserves the most blame, but in the the context of just that individual one game, I think Doug and Carson are both very responsible for that loss. But I do think that, again, it's really hard to, to really judge the guy yeah. right now. I think it's hard to know what the real Carson Wentz is when you're playing with that type of supporting cast. And, you know, I've, and also, New England's yeah. defense is very good. It like, is. I think we got to a point in the week where we're like, oh, you know, it's like 
paper tie or whatever, they're great defense. And I do think that has to be Carson missed open throws. Again, that's facts. But that defense also played really well too. It did, and uh, I, I, but I don't think they did anything that was um, ultra confusing. Uh, you know, you, there's a. A couple of really nice breakdowns from this week between, like, Baldy and a whole bunch of others on Twitter where it's just kind of showing, like, I don't know where Carson Wentz's head is is kind of at, and it looked like he was swimming. The thing, the only problem I have from this week is that there are a lot of people that are trying to define his career now after That's this Patriots point, game. John. And you're just going, like, guys, you know, like, I, I, you never give enough context to how this all got to here. And my main striking point from this week has been the Eagles – never focused on Carson Wentz. That's not, and they can say that they did, and they're going to get all these different weapons, especially for this year, and I get that. But really what they're re trying to do is keep molding this team a little bit better and trying to push it back to the Super Bowl. And they, it's funny to me now to kind of almost reflect back on what Howie Roseman was getting into and trying to tell us in sense like, Remember Jimmy Kemsky, I think it was at the Combine 2017, that might have been, and we've seen what, you know, Super Bowls have done uh, to franchises and on and on and on. And you go through all of, I look back at like the last 10 years of Super Bowl winners, and you know what the most common thread in that, James, is? There's only the New England Patriots that have won, you know, or gone back or whatever. Well, Seattle and went everyone, back. I mean, there have been some that have gone this. back. Seattle went back. And they're the only ones. This is, this is like the, the cycle of... You're going to have to go and redo some things again. The same with the Steelers. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was a completely different quarterback from the first Super Bowl win as to was the second one. He won that second Super Bowl for them along with San Antonio Holmes. Wasn't really a factor in that first one with Jerome Bettis and those guys being there. Like, things will ultimately change. Like, careers have this weird way of, of, of working out like that. And there is going to be plenty of people that are looking at Carson Wentz after this Patriots game and go, you know what, he's just not that of an elite guy. And just remember all the things that we said about Dak Prescott after 2017 too. That team didn't look the same. It didn't have Zeke. Everybody's going, man, if you're going to have Dak Prescott be the guy and da-da-da-da-da, and then all of a sudden he gets help, he gets weapons, they get younger, and now, you know, they've propelled themselves. And they're not even that great of a team, but – Clearly, Dak Prescott has been playing very, very well this season, and I think you can make the case for a lot of different younger quarterbacks. Jeff, Jared Goff, left for dead. Oh, my God, we were all wrong about him. Now regress kind of back to the mean again, and, and I think Sean McVay has too. It's just incredibly hard to win consistently in general, and now you're going, well, you flip-flop quarterbacks two years in a row. Carson, just be you. Go do the thing uh, on top of – it looks to me like they are—they want this guy in the pocket, and they want to change his game, and they want to do all these other different things that aren't about Carson, you know. And they can say that it's for the improvement of his future, and he does need to do all those things. Yes, I still think he's an inaccurate passer when it comes to some of it. It sales, all those things happen, but there's no time. <laughs> there hasn't been a ton of time to work on those things. And all off season, you're going work with the Sean, work with the Sean, work with the Sean. <laughs> gone in a week and it's just the next thing and moving on to the next thing and we're looking for consistency when this team is not consistent and that was true even when Nick Foles was here and he having and and yeah it just looks different because they go and win and I understand all that but uh, to, for us to be this surprised by the inconsistency I think is is what uh, surprises me the most in terms of criticism from this week well like, look you know. I, I do think it matters that they didn't have Deshaun Jackson that Alshon Jeffrey is been both hurt and clearly regressed. I think that 
I think they tried to have their cake and eat it too. I thought that was a really interesting point you made on the last pod, the yeah. idea of that they've kind of worried more about winning a Super Bowl than Carson Wentz's development. I think they tried to do both. I think they thought, all right, we've, we've got guys who will help Wentz and also we can go win a Super Bowl. And, you know, they banked on some guys who are older and, and it hasn't worked out very clearly and it's been a massive issue. So uh, I do think that on a basic level, Carson Wentz's development is is paramount. It is the most important thing for this franchise yeah. now moving forward. They have to do something to help this guy out in the future. Uh, to the point about Wentz being Wentz, I do actually... I, I, I talked about this on the post game with you after the loss on Sunday, and I still feel this way. The idea that, and I agree with you, I do think that they have really tried to hammer home in him, you know, pocket quarterback, yeah. stay in the pocket, don't risk It'll your help body. You. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yes. Like, like Carson Wentz is special because he can make magic happen. Like, let that dude make magic happen. We used, and it's a cliche at this point, but Baltimore had a guy who did these this had this specific set of of elite skills and said, "Okay, we're going to build our entire offense around you and what you do because you're our fucking quarterback." Yes. Why don't the Eagles do that? Yes. Build a team around what Wentz does great. Let Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz. Let him make plays. Put him in advantageous situations. This is where it comes back to Doug for me, as we've yep. talked about. Like, roll him out. Have design runs. Have situations where, yes, you might be putting him at risk, but you're also putting this particular guy with his particular skill set in the best positions to succeed. You remember what we heard all offseason, too, especially with, like, Lewis Riddick and those guys chiming in and saying, you know what he needs to do? He just needs to play more like Nick Foles. He needs to be a point guard. He needs to do this. Wrong. And, and that was in, guess what? <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Carson, I got to tell you again because I told you in the offseason. Fuck Nick Foles. Well, and again. All right? like, it, uh, no, I'm serious. Like, I just, can't get down with that. You, just, you know just, that. No, I'm, telling, you, I'm telling him. I'm not telling it for me I or know. you or anybody else. I know. Fuck Nick you're, Foles. You're right play about how that. you want to play. You're right about that. And also. Just Reese Hoskins And shit also, here. again, like, look at, look at the situation with Nick Foles the first time around the Super Bowl. Like, yep. what they did was completely reinvent the offense about the quarter, based on the quarterback they had there. <laughs> do the same thing now. Like, do that now for the guy who's your franchise quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, Doug. Like. The offense, that the, the Nick Foles offense, isn't what Carson Wentz does well. Yeah. Like, it's not. Like, he's not great on these, like, short timing routes and, like, getting the ball quick. And stuff. That's yeah. not what he does well. No. Sorry. I know that's what you want him to do well. It's just not. And maybe down the road he can develop into those things better. The more he sees things, the more he recognizes yep. things quicker, processes quicker, all that type of stuff. We hope for that. But right now, especially considering the fact that you got no – viable receivers to help this guy uh -oh. out let him make things happen yeah. I, 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 and that's my problem with doug like let him do things you have to at this point yeah because you're and, and it just i don't know if it's because and i've thought this I for a while they're scared to death of him getting hurt again yes that's I, what i told I, you guys I, weeks yes, ago and you, yes. you were blasting me for it i was like this is 100 percent towards that like it's it's ridiculous at this point you've already made the decision if he gets hurt again he gets hurt again like you gotta you you can't limit yourself from being this great football team by telling your quarterback to not be him and limit him and what he's been doing. Not to bring him back again, but like yeah. all Lamar Jackson does is put his body in danger. Yeah. But you know what? He's awesome. And it <laughs> yes, works. Yes. Like these runs that we're seeing, like, yeah, at any point, someone could hurdle in yeah. and tear his ACL or whatever, but but that's just who the guy is, and that's the best version of him. Let Carson be the best uh -huh. version of Carson Wentz. That, that's that really point, what it comes down to. Dude, he's getting sacked. 
in the pocket I anyway, know. and it looks dangerous. He's been pulled back. It's like he's I know. And you, it, can't it, you can almost see on his face where he's like, I got to oh, stay shit. in the pocket. I got to stay in the pocket. No. I think that creates no! the more hero ball crap because I'm not me. I'm not me. Like, I just want to go. It's that far thing that just goes, I got to fucking just throw one down. Can I throw one down the field, please? Yeah. Well, you no, because the <laughs> receivers can't get there. <laughs> but that's. Yeah. That's if always. You'd like to throw it to the safety <laughs> that is waiting deep for you. Sure. We we have we have turned. I believe we have turned. Not me. I I personally. We're not coaching. What am I talking about? Uh, I believe Doug Peterson has, and and that coaching staff has really done themselves a disservice, in in terms of like trying to create this. Um, you know, well, Josh McCown throws the out and he just looks and there's the running back on the swing pass and the, the, to this the. I, I I trust me. There is. An, an advantageous uh, um, part of that, which you know every quarterback should buy into that certain system, but it's not like Carson isn't. You know, Carson is is doing those things, but uh, let him go make plays, and he's going to have to do that against Seattle, which um, the line has been very interesting, at least to me, as oh, it keeps on buddy. trickling down. I'll, I'm going to do a little. I'm happy I can get back to picking scene. who I want to pick again, John. I'm glad I can shave my beard. Thank yeah, God, it happened, dude. by the way. You look great without it. It's just phenomenal to be I love so it. free. I think you look great. <laughs> you just, but just out of respect, I listen to you guys, all right? If, you, if which I, was if a mistake I say, as far yeah. as I was yeah, concerned. Same. I was anti listening to everybody in that game. <laughs> Essentially, because it was like 51 49. It was really so you close. You weren't really listening to everybody. You were like listening to the majority. I was listening to the majority of people. Majority. Um, so this opened at three. Some say two and a half. Uh, trickled down to one and a half. In some spots, it's getting one. Doesn't make me feel great about this. And you know, looking at Seattle, um, uh, Clowney did not practice today, but we all assume he's going to play. Um, I think Dwayne Brown was another one that didn't practice today. Some other guy, uh, Chris Carson, was limited. Uh, your favorite guy of all time, obviously. Dude, he's awesome. <laughs> that guy's awesome. That guy runs like he's angry. He does. And and Brian Schottenheimer is is licking his nipples every time that Chris Carson runs because he loves running the football, especially when he's not supposed to. So the only thing that I can see from this game in particular is – Brian Schottenheimer has got to screw up at least three or four times in this one, rely more on Chris Carson than he does Russell Wilson because if they are not blind by anything on tape, which I hope that they are, you shouldn't throw to Lockett. You shouldn't throw to Metcalf. You certainly shouldn't throw to Josh Gordon. Don't pay attention to the secondary. <laughs> Just you know, keep running the football. I would, I would try. I know this sounds ridiculous, but I would tell Jim Schwartz, Ease up on the run and wow. tighten up once you get closer because at least that way you're going to see 15 yards off. You're going to see yards upon yards upon yards. And guess what, James? They are fourth in total yards in their offense, and that does not matter. What does matter is keeping <laughs> them out of the goddamn end zone, and you don't want, even when they get down there, I shouldn't even say that. I mean, like Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, they've made incredible throws and catches throughout the entire year. It's, it's pumped through that. Um, I know you don't like their defense here. I don't either. I think this is an actually a, a great opportunity for you know Carson to bounce back here a little bit, depending if Alshon and those guys go, and if Jordan Howard actually goes too, because they were limited in practice again. But that's how I ultimately see like the Eagles kind of stealing one here is Brian Schottenheimer fucking up, uh, Jim Schwartz trying to ease off and then tighten up once you get into the red zone, and then Carson having not the not like an all time game, but. A good game. You got to have a good game to beat this. But yeah, very, very, very important analysis. The quarterback has. Yeah, to play you good, nailed it. 
killed it. Look, but you're right. Look, this is a spot for when Seattle secondary has been flat out bad, especially yeah. against deep passes. This is a spot where you need to find a way to get somebody behind the defense once or twice. Uh, maybe, hopefully, Aguilar won't play and we could see Greg Ward, and maybe that would be a positive. I'm dead serious about that. Yeah. Again, I legitimately never need to see Aguilar play football again. I'm <laughs> I'm really okay with that. I never need to yeah, see Yeah, now him. that Burner Gate's been solved. I never need to see him play football again. I'm good. That's how I feel. You know what's going to happen, though, right? I'm good. Look, I think, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. He's not going to have some triumphant two touchdown game or whatever no he stinks <laughs> i hope he doesn't play i don't have a lot of faith that that any of these guys are gonna play alshon jordan howard yeah but it still feels like the type of game the eagles will steal doesn't it like i'm with you it just feels they're at home they've been so great at home and again seattle is a team that yes this offense is really good but their defense is really bad real bad beatable beatable and i think look if you're an Eagles fan and you want to take heart in something, take heart in the fact that this defense has looked good three weeks in a row. Like, legitimately good. And only played one real offense in that group. And even then, the Patriots offense doesn't look <laughs> super great. Yeah, Tom does not look but like Tom. they played better. And it, and it lines up with people getting healthy and Fletcher Cox playing like Fletcher Cox and stuff. So at least there's reason to believe that it's not some random blip on the radar like it's something that you could actually see being something that continues moving forward yeah. and look seattle's gonna get theirs russell wilson's gonna get his but i think this defense can keep it close enough that this offense can put up points against seattle i think it's a close game no matter what we'll get to our pick a little bit later yeah. but i think it's a close game i think the eagles hang in and i i'm i'm not as scared of seattle especially as you know i feel coming off a bye crossing the country I think Seattle sucks in the first half, to be blatant. A, I think the Eagles take the lead. I think they're yeah. in front, and it's can they hold off Russell Wilson at the end. I think that's how this game plays out. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and uh, I'm double-checking the history because, like, to me, Eagles-Seahawks always seems to be like a, a, a three-point game or whatever or a two-point game or it doesn't really feel like it's that out of hand. Uh, 2017 when, you know, that was supposed to. That was again one of Carson's uh, worst losses yeah. to his career at that point. And I but he had that one throw that was like oh, the yeah. best throw of his career. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he and, had a Nelson. And, yeah. and I remember but Nelson also had that horrendous penalty in that game. The where was he like off, uh, like not lined up right or whatever? Yeah. And the Goddard yeah. touchdown got called back. Yes. I think it was Goddard. Was it? No, it wasn't Goddard. It was someone sure. else. Earth touchdown. I think Earth touchdown. I'm gonna call back. That was a oh, horrendous, right. yes, yes, yes. horrendous oh, now I penalty. Yeah. Horrendous, because <laughs> he was so he was so far out of the play. Yeah, the, in the last they haven't last four matchups that hasn't happened. That's uh, honestly going back to 2011 and 2011. We all know that the dream team year was what was that the Vince Young start uh, when that happened. I'm pretty sure. And then a uh, yeah, like the, the good thing that I like specifically about Seattle's defense is Carson is very familiar with it. The one thing that I don't think Carson's got enough credit for, at least this season, is he has adjusted week after week when he's seen things on film. Um, you, you know, during that Bears game and that opening drive when he misses Ertz, who's wide open, same play last week against the Patriots, and that was that Goddard, you know, was he or wasn't he uh, touchdown. Same play that gets drawn up there. Seattle, he's done that in back-to-back, -back, or not back-to-back -back years, but... 2016, 2017, you could feel, and I remember Fran breaking that down beautifully on, you know, going against cover three and b being able to attack that a lot better. Carson is very comfortable against 
this type of defensive scheme. So that at least is a positive, and uh, it's just a matter of like, you know, Lane looks like he's going to go, and everybody's kind of like yeah, saying, is oh, he, God. You think Lane's going to go still? Uh, he's con- he's cleared. Cleared the con- okay, concussion so that's protocol. Huge. So that's huge. That's a big, big deal. Cause, massive. Uh, and and the offense looked different. I mean, immediately. Massively different. Like, And, again, that's one of the other things. You know, it's tough to – a lot of Carson's worst games this year have been in spots where they've lost guys in-game, which I don't know if that means anything or not, but yeah. it, it definitely makes it tougher. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you've, you've got Lane back at least, and hopefully that there's no other injuries that happen across the offensive line. And even if Peters goes down, Andre Diller doesn't have to play right tackle, and you don't have to – Yeah. You know, swap between him and, and Big V and that. So, but I don't know if Jordan Howard's going to go, and I think that's a, still a it's massive, humongous massive. deal. They it's need big, that big guy. Deal. They just need. I mean, we saw it. We saw it firsthand. They need Jordan Howard. He is such a difference maker with the run way he runs the football. He's an attitude guy. He's a, you know, kind of like we talked about this Eagles team's identity. It was the offensive line, but I think Jordan Howard a bigger part of it than we thought. Like that dude. And the offensive line really mesh well together, and there's just an attitude to the way they run the football that yeah. was missed. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, Miles isn't quite there yet, and I think that's that's pretty evident um, to, you know, it's kind of funny that that kind of got thrown under all the, the Carson stuff. Like, I don't think Miles particularly ran the ball that well no. And um, they didn't week. run it a lot is the they other did, issue. Well, they, they didn't kind either. of abandoned it. But. Uh, and to me still, rightfully so. But um, eh. Uh, there's. Eh. <laughs> it's the only. It's the only th- Run it's the, only the <laughs> ball. Run the ball. Big Ten Run West. The ball. Big Ten West. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, and, and again, same stuff. Like he's, Miles is, is going to be way more important in the passing game again um, this week. And you can run a lot of those same concepts against uh, Seattle because of that cover three that we talked about. And, um, you know, again, it's it's. There's there's nothing that you can really do creatively with the kind of roster that we think is going to be out there, you know, and it's yeah. and it and it's back to uh, your, your gashing Sanders plays in the and, middle of the field. Hey, hey, Kurt <laughs> like, Goddard Sanders, you know, let's go. And let's hope that uh, maybe J Matt won't look like shit. That'd be cool. <laughs> I hope Elliot was listening to that part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm pretty sure Alshon Jeffrey is going to look uh, uh, still a heck of a lot better. I, I'm really I don't think so. I'm like I'm like thirty seventy he won't. I think he goes and tries it in warm ups. I think that we'll get the Adam Schefter tweet at midnight on, you know, Sunday morning and be like it's gonna, gonna be a game out. time decision at yeah. one o'clock and um I don't think you know. he goes. I, if I had to bet on it if I had to bet on it I would bet on him and Howard both not going. Um I want your thoughts on one Jacob Hollister, the uh, if you, if you are unfamiliar with Jacob, I know Hollister, Jacob Hollister, sure. Uh, he is a uh, the clothing uh, has the clothing company. Yes, yeah. He does the uh, wonderful new streaky tight end of your Seattle Seahawks says uh, was had get this James zero targets zero targets leading up to week six and uh, since then three two four and eight oh no six two uh, six. And ten, those have resulted in three touchdowns, yeah, o- touchdowns. over the last uh, four weeks. And he's like the new hybrid, uh, you know, fullback tight end that everybody um, is is grabbing on their DFS rosters, and um, has a- honestly been a huge problem in the red zone. Um, which is, you know, there's so much to focus on with the Seattle skill players that 
you know, this guy just all of a sudden swoops in and uh, he becomes Mina Kimes, you know, favorite to the tight end of all time, man. This is I, I don't I don't know if you paid attention to him uh, that I much. I paid attention to, to him, not yeah. to Mina Kimes as much, <laughs> but I paid attention to him. Look, he's looks he's talented, you know. He's yeah. a, he's a receiving threat. Uh, I'm not I'm not freaking out. The Eagles have done a decent enough job against tight ends this year, but I'm much more worried about Tyler Lockett, assuming he goes. Yes, DK Metcalf. More worried about those guys, but yeah, Halser. Sir. Look, anyone who is a mismatch and can run and can catch is a problem <laughs> for the Eagles team. It's pretty much uh, summed up beautifully, it's pretty there, simple. James. Um, and you know, there is a uh, the. I don't know if you know this, James, but it's but it's ESPN playoff machine season, Ooh. as you can start like testing different theories on. On, on how it is that I did uh, not know that John this Eagles team can uh, still s- sneak in that well so yeah it is sneaking at this point being a 500 football club well no I uh, mean they still can win the division that's not sneaking it's really just beating you have to beat the Seattle you have to beat Dallas they have to beat Dallas if they if they lose to Seattle the playoffs are, are are over for you right that's I mean a, like no no they're done for me if they can't beat Seattle look I I wouldn't expect them to run the table but if they lose to Seattle and run the table they probably make the playoffs. Yeah, yes, because and you're going to need a little help there too. Yeah, so. I don't think Dallas. I think Dallas goes ten, six, nine, seven. It just sucks so much ass that. But so I think the Eagles end up in that range too. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys at the beginning of this year, when we look at that schedule and we're like, oh, oh, oh man, the Cowboys. Wow, they got to go play the Vikings, and then they got to go play the Bears, and then they got to face the Patriots, and then they've got to face the Rams, and you're going. Well, it's not as tough anymore. <laughs> you know, like the no, Patriots are a tough game, but it's tougher for sure. than what the Eagles have. Yeah, that's really all that matters. Yes, yeah, I mean, like a, it's just a Rams team that's flailing. It's not even close. I know. Like, Eagles have the easiest ski- schedule in football for the last yeah, five games. Yeah, they do. They really do. So, um, uh, I'm with you. Look, I want to see him beat Seattle because, like we talked about, it's not as much that I still think. I think I think Dallas is bad enough. I think the teams the Eagles are facing are bad enough that yeah. they could lose to Seattle and make the playoffs. But if they lose to Seattle again, it's more of a of a philosophical thing where I just don't think I will believe in this team at all anymore. Yeah, they could still make the playoffs, but I don't think that anything can happen. Whereas if they can go out and beat Seattle, then you start to say, all right, well, maybe they can figure it out. And either way, you don't expect something to really happen either way. But look, I think it's important, even if you don't think they can win the Super Bowl. And first of all, who the hell knows? We we've seen crazy shit happen. Nick Foles became the best quarterback in football yeah. for a two-game stretch right. to win the Super Bowl. So, but um, I just think getting Carson Wentz to the playoffs and getting that dude an opportunity to play in a playoff game is is incredibly important for the future. Oh, it so, is. so no matter what, I think making the playoffs matters. Um, it, it matters a big deal. Like even if it's hosting one playoff game and losing in it, it is a humongous deal. You're going into the fifth year. I mean, look, you, could, without th- playoff you experience. could see a way where, and again, I think they could still win the division, obviously, but there is a very decent chance that we see this exact matchup we're seeing on Sunday in the first round of the playoffs. Like, there is a very easy path to that happening if the Eagles win the NFC East and the Niners win the West. Yep. Seattle's probably coming here as the five seed. Yeah, they would so, be. So, yeah, know, yeah. That is a real possibility. And uh, we can laugh about it because, like, <laughs> that would be hilarious if Seattle ends up. Uh, well, you know, what if, if, if the Eagles can actually beat them on Sunday, but that ends up being yeah. the loss that ends up losing the division for them, and then they come back here, and yeah. then it's like, oh, so Oops. we could have, you know, you know, yeah, so. just just the one, yeah, the, the playing forty chess over here, James. That's, that's what, what you're I do, about. John. 
Um, yeah, th- this is. They call me the Kasparov <laughs> of 4D chess. <laughs> they call me the IBM Blue of, uh, of 4D chess. They call chess. me the Bobby Fisher of 4D chess. The they Watson. They call me the. Oh, Watson. That's right. That's, that's what you're going one. for. What's in, where did Blue come from? Was he the next one? I don't know. Pretty sure there was two. There's two care, supercomputers. I only care about chess masters, not computers, John. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the other chess master that I know. Actually, I'm spent. I would lose the chess <laughs> masters if we had to name chess masters. That'd be really, really yeah. bad. Um, I thought Kasparov was a good pull. No, Kasparov was a fantastic pull. Um, also, a fantastic pull. You heard me open it up at the top of the show, but. Uh, our boys from Liquid Death are back. They have got full stock for you. All you have to do is go to liquiddeath.com slash gobirds, and you will get $2 off every case. If you need to be convinced that you are not uh, quite walking around with the coolest 16-ounce aluminum beautiful mountain spring water from the heavens of Austria, uh, then you can do something very, very simple. Go to liquiddeath.com. Sell your soul for a case of water. That's right. And I'm not talking about any just normal case of water. I'm talking about something that stops everyone in their tracks and asks you what you are drinking. I gave this to my nieces and nephews. They bring it to school now. Uh, they almost got in trouble. I thought it was the the best day of of being an uncle and being like, oh, you know, about it. your uh, your nephew thought uh, he was walking around with a beer can because that's what it's like. It's a party atmosphere. It's just water inside. It's good socially it is good economically it's great for your wallet and more importantly it's perfect for the environment as their mantra of death to plastic exists because plastic's no longer recyclable gang and aluminum still is 75 percent of all aluminum still being recycled and used from when james the 1789 no 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 it was like 18 i don't think aluminum was around i could the be wrong but i feel like it was 1889 <laughs> liquiddeath.com liquiddeath.com slash go birds to get two dollars uh off of this beautiful water which i'm drinking right now so um flow how's this game gonna go where do you think this this score ends up yeah so i i kind of alluded to it earlier but i think i think the eagles get on them early you know, it's been kind of a tumultuous week. They lose to the Patriots, all kinds of issues. I think I think the Seahawks coming off a massive win against the Niners on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago, yeah. coming off their bye, I think they come in flat-footed. I just do. I think mm-hmm. the Eagles get out to an early lead like they did against the Patriots, but I think they're able to maintain a little more. I think it ends up being a game of cat and mouse towards the end where the Eagles are just trying to get to a point number that gives them enough time to hold off Russell Wilson. Ultimately, I think they do, John. <laughs> I'm going to go 27-24. I can see it. That would just, Coincidentally, the score of the Seahawks team they just played, I think it's a really close game. I don't feel incredibly confident yeah. of it. It's, it's a, a lot an ebb and flow of the NFL right. pick, like we talk about all the time. Just feels like a game the Eagles are going to win. I don't feel great about it. I don't have a ton of great analysis for why though i've given some here i don't trust the seattle defense i think coming off the bye will be an issue all that i think ultimately the the eagles at home find a way to win this one yeah so um here's how i think this is going to kind of end up out here i agree with james assessment on the seahawks being you know a little little rusty a little lackluster in the first rusty wilson absolutely i think the eagles take advantage 
of that. I actually think that in the first two possessions of this game, the Seahawks are actually going to turn over the football. Whether that's fumble wow. on the ground, rust, you know, tip pick, something like that. It's going to change the momentum. Uh, Birds only get a field goal out of that. Um, they stop. Great. <laughs> they stop them. Awesome. Uh, Can't wait for that. They stop Seattle on their second drive, a three and out. Eagles drive down, score a touchdown, Whoa. ten nothing. Game kind of goes. Game kind of goes along. Eagles stall in the Feel third like you're quarter. Setting us up for disaster. <laughs> Eagles stall in the third quarter. Seattle comes back. They take like a thirteen to ten lead. You get into the fourth quarter there. Uh, Eagles go up seventeen thirteen. They answer back twenty to seventeen. Uh, Carson Wentz actually drives them down with you know four three minutes left in the game. They go and score. They're up by three. And then Russell Wilson fucking throws a dagger like right in our hearts as Tyler Lockett is just found wide open in the corner of the end zone by some dumb schmuck, whether that's, you know, Mills or Darby or Avante Maddox or the matchup is there. And and it's not even going to be like, oh, my God, how could you leave that guy wide open? It's just going to be, holy shit, he covered that so perfectly. There's nothing else that he could possibly do. And it's landing and just like Tyler Lockett, they have to review it fucking 45 times. And then there's 25 seconds left for Carson Wentz to try and go drive it down. And ultimately, that results in a whatever that is. I don't, can't even do the math anymore. But like 30 to, I don't hey, know, you know 20, the, 28, 23 you know or something math, like the that. The math says, fuck you, John. <laughs> That's what the math says. I just have this. That's it, what the math says. But, but we I will, will not be talking about Carson Wentz. I will never get two minutes of sadness back, John. I know. I know. I hate you for it. But Carson Wentz will be much better than he was. Uh, than he was oh, last week. Oh, thanks for the silver fucking lining. Really. So it'll just, we can yell at somebody else. Out, we'll jerk. yell at, um. We yell at Miles Sanders because he does something stupid. go back to eating this lovely food at Urban <laughs> Saloon. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> wow. Impressive. Impressive. I made James that mad. Yes, uh, we absolutely can. Um, the Urban Saloon has been a phenomenal spot. It is uh, yeah, one right of the Fairmount, treasures it's of in between Fairmount. 20th yeah. and 21st on Fairmount Avenue. It's an awesome place. An awesome, awesome place. Plenty of or room. between 21st and 22nd. Yes. Right around there. Across uh, from the Eastern State Penitentiary. If I'm not uh, crazy, I believe 2101 is the address of... The Urban Saloon, as they've got TVs galore here, and it's not the the reason why I love this is because it's a, all kinds of uh, different spots. Mainly, one more importantly, the Bud Light flows here, and that is all we I'm care about. It literally, as yes, we speak, John. the, the uh, right, you, hear we're, that? We're, you hear that? Uh, let me know. Right? We'll get double microphone. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but that was me <laughs> taking a sip of Bud Light. That was what happened there. <laughs> the most impressive sip I've ever had in my life. But uh, yeah, because this space has. I love the exposed brick, and, you know, it's a humongous bar. It's probably, what would you say, like 25, maybe 30 seats at the bar alone? I thought you were about to ask me square feet, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know, this no is it's a big place. It's I'm a pretty like big one place. Of the, like, I love people, oh, what's this, like, uh, yeah. like 1,000 square feet? No fucking idea, man. <laughs> I got no idea. None. I would say it's as, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's very, it's spacious. Like, you know, there's. It's awesome. Um, I think it's, it's a, a lot of square spot. feet in here, John. It's a lot of square feet. A lot of square feet. A lot of it's square feet. Houses. Uh, and it's uh, it's a place that you know, it's very. Uh, you can bring friends. You can bring There's a date, a or you can bring your buddies. Over there, I, I don't know what, what that's it is, but it looks like it's got a football that, on it yeah. or something. Yep, yeah, I believe that's, so that's probably cool. their fantasy football trophy. If I had ah, to guess, ah, that'd be cool. If I had to guess, but uh, thank you again to the Urban Saloon, to Bud Light uh, for all these wonderful Thursday night huddles. Is uh, we love coming out and uh, meeting you guys and uh, chatting it up with you. Thanks again to Liquid Death. Uh, go get your case of water, liquiddeath.com slash go birds. And, of course, uh, we will see you Sunday. It's going to be me and Elliot Shore Parks live Saturday. from the link. And Saturday, 
One to three One on, to three WIP. on WIP, obviously. Right? We're, Am uh, I crazy? We no, will be there, crazy. right? We okay, will good. be there. Good, we'll, good, good, good. But, good, good. Yeah, we'll, but yeah, then you two live from the link, which would be cool. Yeah, we have done a fun that show. Live victory show from the link. You see yeah. what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get all the uh, yeah, get all the audio from the, the locker room. So win, lose, or maybe, you know what we didn't say? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a weird goocher and it's a tie. Be something, <laughs> you know, sure. Then it'd be. I could. You know what I could use before I end this. Pod? We could use that 2008. Where did this come from? Run. It's right around Thanksgiving. Ooh. No, no one really thinks that this yeah. team has got it. They've got a. They just had a really bad loss. They've got a really tough opponent coming in. Maybe they just fucking blow out Seattle. How about that? Maybe they just blow them out. I mean, Kurt Warner, Russell Wilson, similar. Kind of the same deal. Yeah. You know, that'd be nice to catch a little lightning in the bottle for I'm Carson Wentz this buddy. time. Please. Well, how about guys. that? How about can, can we get that? some lightning in a bottle? That'd be nice. The one I mean, what have we ever asked you for, football gods? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just so you know, it was 11 years ago, right, uh, when that happened. And if, uh, right, 2008? Yeah, it worked. So, I mean, sure. Or 11 or 12. I don't know. However some, you want to no, do that. No, 11, but somewhere in the 11, it could be like, <coughs> could be ten and, and eight months, nine months. <laughs> yes. It could be 10 and, and, and 11 yeah, months. Whoever's really good at math, let month. us know. I don't know. But let me tell you a story. Uh, okay. I, I like stories. I went to bed the week before that Cardinals game when they were playing the Eagles, and I had the weirdest dream in the world. Like, I just I pictured Donovan McNabb on top of, you know, like with confetti and all this other different stuff. I'm like, I was like, wow. And it was so real when I woke up. I texted my good friend Jay Sefton, who grew up in this area. When we were out in L.A. at the time, I go, Jay, this is really weird, but I just had a dream that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. And then they fucking kicked the shit out of the Cardinals, and then the run began, and then they bet the Vikings and all this other stuff. We end up in the championship game, and we all know what happened there. But all I'm telling you this to say this. If tomorrow I wake up and I have a similar dream, I am letting everyone know the moment I wake up. So uh, we should be half to... Uh, no, uh, wait, the, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Wouldn't it be bad if you have the dream? Because no, no, no. If I have the, if I have a similar dream, right? But that's bad because they did not do that. Well, I know, but it was they still the went the opposite of your still, dream. Listen, I will take, I'll, I'll take a Carson Wentz loss in the NFC Championship <laughs> yeah. game sure. if that means that we don't sure. have to sure. you know, Fair. Go and do this Fair. stuff again. Fair. So uh, I will take at least that. So what should we call that? We should be like the hashtag the run begins, or the, sure. or the run hasn't begun. I'll let you know in the morning. You know, no, if that, the run uh, begins is better. Okay, the run yeah. begins. Uh, don't get the runs because, <laughs> whew. Yeah, I heard you about that. listen to the last John. podcast, you'll, you'll know all about that. It's uh, bold of you to. You know, I like to be transparent you're, you're with honest, you guys. So. Real with the people. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, everyone listening. I would not have been as real, I think, in that situation. <laughs> I'm an open book, as much as, as open as I possibly can be. Um, shout out to Making the Breast of It podcast, by the way. Um, it's a project that I've been involved with. John Gentile, our good sales rep, that sitting is right next to us. Um, go He's sitting right next to us right now. If you want to hear the Thumbs journey, up from John Gentile right now. If you want to hear the journey of two brave women with metastatic breast cancer and to just have this free flowing discussion about their lives, it is so so awesome. Please go uh, subscribe and download that. Um, uh, for James Seltzer, I'm John Barchard. We are live from the Urban Saloon here in Philadelphia. Thanks to Bud Light. And you've been listening to the Go Birds podcast, radio.com, sports radio 94 WIP. Go Birds.